ladies have a special tonight. Brother Trey to preach tonight. Been a couple of months since he's preached here at Promised Land. I know he'll bless your heart. I'm looking forward to hearing him. I know he's had a lot of irons in the fire here lately. And uh, so, Brother Trey, come preach to us. If you would, everyone stand tonight. Make your way to the middle in front of, if we can, in front of Brother O.L. And when you get there, please remain standing. All right. Got a few back row Baptists, but that's no work. Uh, if you will, turn to the person next to you. Any one of them. Turn to a person next to you. Get a good view of that person. And then tell that person... You're different than me. But that's great. Because that makes you important here. Now. Now I'd like you to turn to the person on the other side of you that you like less. Because you didn't look at them first and say, you're different than me, but that's great because you're important here. And you may have a seat. Thank you for humoring me tonight. Tonight, the reason I did that and the reason I've got you together is because we're going to talk about unity. In our church, we should be unified a lot of times. And I'll tell you where this message came from. Uh, We're going to be looking at Ephesians 4. And and through the last couple of months, I've uh, been studying out different aspects of the church uh, as far as the body, the bride. Uh, and all these different aspects. 
And when I came to Ephesians 4 and I began studying this, I thought to myself, you know, identifying the body is, is great here in Ephesians 4. You can look at that as a reference. But if that's all you do there, you're going to miss the message. And, and Paul gives us a message of unity right here in this description of the body of Christ. And as we, as we strive together as a church, we have to be unified. So I, I want you to look here and, and how true it is when we look at each other and we see the differences in each other, we need to realize my weakness may be your strength and your strength may be my weakness. But that what that is exactly what makes each person key in this church. As we look at this, and the scripture we're going to start out with and then we're going to go to the Lord in prayer is Ephesians 4 and verse 16. It says, From whom the whole body... Fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. If you will, bow with me for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, just thank you for this day. Thank you for the services we had this morning. Thank you for Brother Michael and his message. Uh, your message that you relayed through him this morning. The Lord just help us as we study tonight about, about being the body. What the body looks like. So that we can be servants of you. But be diligent servants of you. And, and effective servants of you. The Lord help us to have unity between ourselves. The Lord so we can grow and mature. As a church. In your name I pray. Amen. We're going to start back at the beginning of this chapter. And and the goal, the reason I read verse 16, because this is the goal I want to get to. I want our body here as a church, I want our body to edify itself in love. That's the goal. But as we go back to verse 1, we see... The aspects of a body, what the body looks like. And, I, and what I mean by that is a lot of times we look at this scripture to find out who's in the body or what the body is. But we forget to see what the body does. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. And first thing we see is in verse 1 it says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And you know, whenever I read that verse, I was telling Andrew the other day as we were talking Thanksgiving meal over here. As I look at that verse, that verse is so easy for me to read. But then I think about the situation Paul was in. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord. But just reading, if you skip all that and you read the rest of it, it says, walk worthy of the vocation in which you were called. And that's easy for us to read if we don't keep reading. I mean, it's like if I'm a child of God, if I'm called by the Most High to be His servant, I should walk accordingly. 
But the word we forget to think about is we're called to be a servant of God. And that's where the next verse comes into play. What does he say? He says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. If you'll flip over just a couple of pages to Philippians 2. Verses 5 through 7. It says, Let this mind be in you, which also, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. We can look up these words in verse 2, uh, four, Ephesians 4, 2, and see that lowliness is a sense of humbleness about oneself. To be unified, we have to be humble. We can't be prideful, thinking of ourselves more than the other. What does it say? Forbearing in love. You know, whenever I started this, I said we have to turn to the person next to you and say, you're different from me. And a lot of times, I want to just clear this up, a lot of times, the differences in people annoy us. I mean, they do. Difference, I would not do something some people do the way they do it. But their difference is key to this church. Their difference is key to that person just like them out in the world that they're reaching that I can't. Our differences are key to this church. I want to look at, at this a little bit further. Meekness means a gentleness about us. Not discouraging, but encouraging. As a church, we should be that of, of gentleness. We handle situations with gentleness uh, Long-suffering, of course, we should be patient with others. We should be patient with, with ourselves. You know, don't rush into something. We should be patient praying over it. Our calling is that of a servant. That's what Jesus came to this world. That's what Philippians 2.7 says. He came in the form of a servant. And we're called to be a servant. A humble servant. When we all have the same plan to be servants, we grow into unity. There is one, there's an occupation among us. We may be, some of us in here may be nurses, some of us may be teachers, some of us may be meal workers, some of us, I don't know what you do. But there's one occupation that unifies us, and that's that of a servant. We are called to be His servant. And we should strive for unity. Not only should we walk as a servant, but we should strive for unity. In verse 3 it says, uh, Somebody read the first word in verse 3. Endeavoring. The word just left me and I couldn't read it. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That word endeavoring means to strive. To, uh, 
We are to strive to keep unity. Uh, here's something we need to realize. The unity between us is not created by us. What does it say? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. It's the Spirit's unity. But we are to strive to keep it. Which goes right along with across, in my Bible it's just right across the page of verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. This unity is in us, but a lot of times we hinder it. We throw, you know, whatever it may be, pride, discouragement, hatred. We, we throw all these things in the way of our unity, and that's what hinders our unity. We don't create it. The Spirit created it in us when God saved us through His Son. It's in us. But we hinder it a lot. We, we can hinder it by, by maybe a sin in our life. We can hinder it by maybe, maybe not seeing that obnoxious uh, person as a blessing, but seeing them as simply obnoxious. Uh, the word endeavoring means to make haste, to exert oneself, to give diligence. We as a church should give diligence and exert ourselves at the thought of keeping unity. We should not let sin stand in the way of our unity as a church. If we seek God and focus on Him and focus on His service as a servant with humbleness and lowliness before others, then our unity will grow. I wanted to give an example of this, and this is one that I've struggled with personally. Through my life, a lot of times I've heard the phrase and I've accepted the phrase. So I'm admitting, I'm being transparent, I'm admitting something to you. That the reason maybe there's kids not at church on Sunday evening or, or Sunday morning is because it's the parents' fault. But as I got to studying these scriptures, something hit me, and I don't know why this thought hit me. Selfishness says it's the parents' fault. Unity says it's our problem. It's our problem. As a body, we are linked together. We need those parents just as much as we need the kids. We need everybody here to become the church, to be fitly joined together as Verse 16 says, and if they're absent or if anyone's absent, it's not anyone's fault. It's our problem. As we keep going, uh, I, I, what I mean by that is everyone's fit together. Everyone has a role. If you look down at verse 11, it says, and gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. I studied this and, and, and many people put the pastor and teacher together and then that's a big controversy in itself. But there is a and there that separates them uh, even in the language. And I'm going with he gave the role of a teacher to us for the edifying of the body. 
And I want to tell you, if you're here tonight, you're a teacher. If you're a grandparent, you're showing your grandkids that church is important. If you're a mom or a dad, you're showing your children church is important. If you're a teenager and you came to church tonight, you're showing these younger kids that even though it may not be cool, it may not be hip, it may not be the best thing in the world, this is important. You're a teacher, every one of us. And we have to strive together in unity to build this body. We need you. If you're different, that's great because you're important. Not only does everyone have a role, but we absolutely need you. Verse 12 says, for the perfecting. Why did he give the pastors? Why did he give the apostles, the teachers? Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. This is our purpose, this is our reason, and that's why we need you. I realize this week through studying this is all, if all we do is grow in numbers each year, but don't grow spiritually, me and Brother Michael are failing. Because we need to grow spiritually. We need to edify ourselves. We need to build up each other here as a congregation. Not only do we have to walk as a servant or strive for unity, but we have to teach the truth. We have to teach the truth. Verse 4 and 5. There is one body, one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. If that's not truth right there, I don't know what is. There is one Lord, His name is Jesus Christ. If we need to know Him, look at verse 13. It says, Till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. That Look at that, the edifying of the body. It talks about in, in first, uh, verse 12, He gave us all these po- uh, apostles, prophets, for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till, okay, the end result, uh, the reason for doing all this, for edifying, to, for building up, is come to unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature, the fullness of Christ. We have to get there. I, I, I love that old phrase, what would Jesus do? You know, if we go about our lives and we, we ask that question in every situation, what would Jesus do? Yes, we will probably have a good road map pretty quick. But how would we know what Jesus would do if we didn't know Jesus? We have to have a knowledge of who He is. And once we come together on that knowledge of who He is and the things He did here on this earth, then we are unified in our knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. Let's think about Ephesus. Why do we find that the knowledge of Jesus, one Lord, His name is Jesus, why do we find that so important? 
We can see here Paul writing to this church at Ephesus. But also we can see in Revelations Revelations 2, John wrote to Ephesus. And he says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, Write these things, saith he, that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden sticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and know and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake has labored, and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. We have to teach truth, because our truth is centered around Jesus Christ. We cannot forget that truth. That's what Ephesus did. And, and see, they were even warned about it. And I'm warning you about it tonight, through this message, that we cannot forget Jesus. We must Teach truth. We have one faith. Faith in Jesus Christ is the only way we have eternal life. If you'll look at verse 7, it says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. We were given grace through the cross. Look at verse 29. Let no corrupt communication out of your mouth proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. We are to minister grace unto the hearers. What that means is our message is grace. You want a unifying message? Grace. It unifies us with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. We want a unifying message. For by grace are you saved? Through faith. One faith, one message. It's grace. And it's what can unify us if we have a message and we share it aloud. If we share it so boldly that all of us together are unified in sharing it. We shared grace to the world. It convicts, and it leads them to Jesus. We also have one God. He is above all. That's, that's what verse 6 says. He's above all, He's through all, and He's in all. He's there. If you want some unity... In our church, if you want the unity in our congregation here, you can look to the God who indwells you through the Holy Spirit. You can look to the God who works all things together for good. You can look to the God who is above all. He created this world. And we must speak truth. Verse 15 but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. When we speak truth in love, we're growing. I want to ask this question tonight. 
not because I know of anything, not because uh, I saw something coming, you know, nothing like that. But is there something in our congregation that is keeping us from unity? I want to pose the thought that we should conquer it with love. If you'll look at verse 2, the end of verse 2 says we should forbear one another in love. Verse 32, it says, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. We must love one another. We must forgive one another. Conquer with love. We must speak truth in love. We just read that in verse 15. But if you look over at verse 25, it says, Wherefore put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. We are joined together. We are one another. We are a body of Christ. There's no need for lying. But also, we should edify in love. And that's verse 16. from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. How are we going to edify each other? How are we going to grow up, build up together? It's only going to be through love. And why do we do this? There is a reasoning reasoning for verse 12. It says for perfecting of the saints. That means for maturing. There's a reason for maturing. And we should mature so that we resemble Christ more. Remember back to verse 13. It says we should come to the unity of faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God, and unto the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We, the stature, that means, that means how tall he was, how, how big he was. You know, that's a stature. What does Christ look like? That's what we should look like. As a body, we should be maturing so that we resemble Christ more. And we have to have a knowledge of Christ to know what He looks like. We should also do this for stability. If you look at verse 14 and 15, it says that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things, which is head, which is the head, even Christ. Every time the wind blows, we shouldn't be carried away by false doctrine. We should grow in unity so that we can stand as a church on the true doctrine of the Bible. We should grow and mature in our learning from our teaching as a church. You know. Whenever I think about this whole unity and I think about verse 16, I want to break down verse 16. It says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together 
and compacted. And this next little phrase is what gets me. It says, by that which every joint supplies. Every joint is working. Every, every muscle tenses at the right moments. We, we're going. It reminds me of a little kid. And, and I was, it's funny how things work. I was watching a video of, of one of our friend's kids the other day. And he was walking, and if you've ever watched a baby walk, he has his legs out like this, and he's just going. And he stumbles and falls. Because all the joints aren't working right. And as a body of Christ, we should have our joints working right. We should have ourselves working together so that we don't stumble and fall too quickly. We need every part of the body to be working. Being a servant. Striving for unity. And above the rest, teaching the truth. So that we can increase as a body. And build each other up in love. That's our purpose. As the song later comes for a hymn of invitation. I want to ask and leave you with this thought. As a body of Christ, are we in unity enough that we can reach the world around us? Because it takes unity to reach. I can only reach so far here. But if I've got another joint, I can reach further. If I've got another joint, I can reach even further. It's when the whole body works together we can reach further and do more than we've ever done. And be a minister more than we've ever done.